Hello coaches, welcome to a Daily Sport Podcast, Locker Room Podcast. We've got familiar faces back again tonight. Turnick O'Brien, former Carlo manager, current uh, Euro manager, uh, Carlo, Mark Dorn, Slack Neil manager and new Wicklow coach. And Daniel St. Ledger, uh, St. Sylvester's coach so and manager. So it's very great to have you on, guys. I know we're going we're gonna to have to start with this. Uh, he's been bumming and bragging about it. Um, we had predictions, Mark, Daniel, before a ball was kicked in the provincial semi-finals. Uh, the big man there was quick to remind me today that he's the only one out of the four of us who got all four correct, Turlock. So did he? He uh, did. He did. I thought. Did. I thought. He I did. was on the podcast of my own here tonight. He did. <laughs> we all. We all called. I think we all called Ulster and Leinster, and I think then Turlock was separated from the pack. He he had St Bridget's and Castle Haven. So I think he let me down. Turlick. I think. Fair play to you, but that's serious predicting with 16 teams left. By serious predicting. I wonder, did you have a few pounds on it? You know, did you have a few pounds on it? No. <laughs> well, here, lads, lads, go starting. Obviously, starting with the Ulster final yesterday. Um, you know, we're chatting just before we come on there about how 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 great an occasion it was, you know, the, the atmosphere and the athletic grounds. I know you were there, Mark. Um, you know, it's a great amphitheater for football. The conditions in the day, you were sort of thinking, is it is it gonna ruin the game? But and actually, the standard of the of the game was was absolutely outstanding. There was a few standard things. I mean, I thought you and Mahullen had a great game for for uh, for Glenn. I thought Rory Began towards the end of the game was was gonna was gonna win it for Scottstown with that point from play and and the one he set up as well for the goal chance. But I I personally thought Connor Glass was was sensational. I don't know, Mark, what your thoughts were on it, but I just think since he's come back from Australia, you know, the impact he's had on on Glenn and the impact he's had on Derry is 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 just is phenomenal. And I thought even that fifty fourth minute of the game, big turning point where he broke the, the kick out, took the one two and 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 stroked over a lovely score. Like, but what what was what was your view on the game, Mark, in general? Uh, look, I actually thought it was. I thought it was a brilliant game. To be fair, look, Scott's time probably done a lot of stuff right. Even like even at the start, I do think they caught Glenn a wee bit unaware. But like they lined up the full four lane, the first they lined up with Darren Q, Jack McLaren, and Connor McLaren. I think that did sort of throw Glenn a wee bit, and the played by Gale Force raised because the the Scott Glenn that was a year. Mark Ryan Dugan to pick Jack McLaren up, and I probably did think of Darren Q's would play middle of the field with McLaren. And maybe Kieran at wing half four, but when they threw Kieran, you could see Glenn there a wee bit for five minutes. What do we do, Michael Warnick? Didn't know am I marking him? Emmett Bradley after the throw in, had to up and back on him, but didn't actually want to be in there. And then eventually they did put Kieran McFall on. But I thought, look, to be fair, Scotstown probably should have been well, let's say should have been, but Scotstown needed to be at least four or five, with definitely was a five or six point breeze. And you did as well as Scotstown played in as good as game as it was. You still thought Scotstown aren't enough ahead at half time. Now, in saying that, we talked about the conditions were absolutely brutal. But to be fair, the both teams, it was absolutely brilliant game of football. Like for some of the, some of the score taking, some of the skills was off the charts and that kind of air. But look, at, we talked about the atmosphere. I know we've just, I know I'm probably a bit biased here, but I do believe the Ulster Club is just, it's a championship that keeps on giving. It just every game you go to, you couldn't, you couldn't walk out of an Ulster Club championship game and go, I didn't get my money's worth there. That wasn't good to watch. It, it was brilliant. But in saying that, look, for everything that Scottstown done right, Glenn still won the game. They still came up with the answers. And like one of the big points I thought yesterday was Glenn didn't give Rory Began any free kicks. You, their discipline in the tackle was really, really good. And look, Rory Began, nothing, nothing inside 45 yards either free kick. Now, I know he did kick the point to put them 10-9 in front. And Scotstown people probably thought this is our day, like, but 
there was a serious breeze. And look, you did think Glenn always were going to get their tails in front just with the breeze. Now, to be fair, you mentioned Connor last. Mm. Like the first 15 minutes, he was immense. And he did, to be fair, he got a bad nap. Even after we bit, then came back in again. The last 15 minutes, he was really, really good. But look, he has made a massive difference in Glenn. It's no coincidence. Glenn lost the final again, Maher felt. Connor last in Australia. The minute Connor last came home, it all matter. It all seems to fall into place. And look, to be fair, I remember two or three years ago watching Derry when he first came home and thinking, Jesus, he doesn't do a big lot. But it was actually when you see him up close, Derry Claire actually played Derry twice this year, and like he he's just the stuff he does off the ball. Yeah, is immense that nobody yeah. sees. He doesn't, and then even I know from being involved with with Slot Neil this year that night, like. But he played them like he's a manse. And like yesterday, he made that break. He went and won the receiving ball, got it over the bar. He, he actually won a ball. Somebody took a shot. I can't think it was Ewan Mahon or somebody hit a shot. He won it later after the Danny Town. But the most probably thing in Bitlane yesterday was it was her players that actually weren't probably quite, had a quiet championship. Like Danny Town probably had the best game yesterday. McFall was back to what he was like two or three years ago, like especially in the second half. Like yeah, Kieran done a serious job in Darren Hughes, but he actually drove out at it, every opportunity. But you mentioned the boy there, Unum Mahal. Like Unum Mahal, I know any in the Derry Championship this year has been exceptional. Mm. They also, the two also club championship games again, Cargan and again, Glenties. Yeah, he's been really, really good now. To be fair, Scotstown were probably stuck. Like Scotstown, Connor McCarthy, as he lined up, he, lined, he did line up and fall forward. But the minute after two or three minutes, he reverted back to pick Ethan Doherty up and done a really, really good job. But Unan Mahon was causing that much trouble. They had to move Connor over to Unan. The minute Connor McCarthy over to Unan Mahon, next thing Ethan Doherty for 20, 25 minutes was just unreal. But look, it's yeah. Glenn are just. Yeah, they're, 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 they're battle hardened now, Mark. They're battle hardened. Like they've been through a lot of battles. You know what? I, I probably go back to the game that they lost. Uh, I think it was three years ago to Kilku. I think it was one eight the naughty and after extra time. And I think that day they learned a serious lot about themselves. You know, you nearly people only say you have to lose one to win one, like, but they, they certainly came back the following year in the Ulster final and you know they, they really went after Kilku. I think that day, Mark against Kilku, they were very passive. But for me, Ledge, they've they've, they've added a couple of uh, strings to their bow. They can drop off and defend. Like when when the third score, when the when the the last point went over from Kieran McFall, the driving run on the score to put them three up, uh, or two up, I think it was. Uh, Scottstown got the kick out away quickly, Daniel, and you can actually see what Mark talked about there. Connor Glass straight away, straight back in, protecting the D. You know nobody had to tell him to do that, but they're good at dropping. But also they showed in, in the game against the Clint East, they're really good at pressing and obviously having that flexibility in their play. Daniel is a huge advantage, is it? Yeah, I think so. It's probably the hardest piece to coach as well because as I'm sure we all know we'd have a, a structure that should be working on fairly religiously defensively offensively and on kickouts most nights and trying to get that change then in game to a slightly different kind of structure where players realize okay this is our framework but this is the picture that's in front of us and this is what we need to do that that's extremely hard to coach and you probably can't coach it probably has to come from your leaders on the field and it kind of goes back to kind of Connor Glass and how often is your one of your better players, let, let's say, probably one of your deepest thinkers in the game as well. So often your most influential player might just be purely football and mightn't be thinking about what they're doing, but he, he's very clearly thinking about what's happening and he's pragmatic about what he does. But you could see in the first half that Glenn had a, a kind of a middle third sort of a press and it left a little bit of space in behind their 45. And as Mark kind of touched on, they were probably maybe overly match-up focused in the first half because... 
they had right Darren Hughes and Emmett Bradley, and the second Darren Hughes went inside, it, it was as as Mark said, there was a little bit of confusion, and it probably took fifteen or twenty minutes to kind of realize what was going on because there was massive space. We saw in the first half from the angle of where the TG four cameras were, there was massive space in front of the D and. If Scottsdale maybe got the head up a little bit quicker, there was opportunities. And you could see maybe halfway through the second half, they kind of copped onto that a small bit, but they were pulling the trigger. Scottsdale were pulling the trigger a little bit too often and a little bit too early. So it, I, I think that, go back to the original point, that in-game adjustment that Glenn are able to make, I think is massive. And you probably only get that from being down that road so many times. You know, that experience is really hard to... It's really hard to buy, but as you said, the the ability to know right, we have ten players high up the field. Let's push this kick out, or the ability to know we're after hitting a team on a on a counter attack. We've only got three players up, three players up. Let's drop off, or even we've after conceding three turnovers. Let's just get a period of possession and hold on to it. That requires seriously good players on the field to recognize that because you can only have so many plans in place midweek. It ha- it has to take a bit of recognition from players in the field. So, look, I, I think I, I think it was a brilliant game. Just a couple of very brief observations. I thought the midfield battle was top class. I thought Emma Bradley, Darren Hughes, Kieran Hughes. In, in fairness, I thought Kieran Hughes did had a really really good game with 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 Blast. I thought that was a serious battle. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. I saw Kerr O'Kane tweeted, he said it was the best of the old and the best of the new. And I think that was a kind of a fair, I think a fair summary of it, you know. And again, given the conditions, like I thought, I thought it was just a Titanic game, you know. Yeah. And Perlick, you've come up against Monaghan, obviously, with your time as, as Carlo manager, a uh, real battle, uh, you know, in, in Colin Park. They're, they're a very battle hardened group of players, Monaghan players, like, you know, and you could see that on Sunday. Mark talked about the breeze at the match. He was at the game. And even when they were, you know, eight, eight, six up at half time, and Glenn came out and raced in a nine eight lead, and then they still showed that resilience. Scots tend to come back and lead ten nine, and even at ten eleven, actually, you know, Began created a great goal chance, which which was blocked, you know, which was destined for the goal. And you're thinking if that goes in, you know, games are decided in these moments, like, but. But Turley, you have to give Scottsdale a huge amount of credit for for for. I, th- I think personally they've lit the Ulster Championship up this year. You know the Ulster Club Championship. Look, you're looking at a team there with you know six seven Monaghan senior footballers on it. You know experienced Monaghan players. They're not just you know uh, peripheral players on the panel. They're all serious serious footballers, and yeah. they all brought that to the table there yesterday. And you know days like yesterday where conditions are a huge factor and um, can become a little bit of a lottery. You know it can be the bounce of the ball. It can be Ref, you know, the refereeing styles even can have a big impact in the game. And, you know, we talked about, you know, begging not getting opportunities, whether that's from, you know, Glenn's defensiveness or Paul Falloon's, you know, reluctance maybe to blow up freeze, maybe he lets the play flow. Uh, that may have suited Glenn yesterday. Um, and they didn't get as many scores off the ground as they might have in previous games, you know. And I thought, it's interesting, I thought that Glenn then, that period there when they pressed uh, Began's kick out, they got great joy off it uh, under the stand side. And that's when they got those couple of scores there to get my head. Um, but Scottstown, they've been having a terrific year, terrific championship. Uh, played superb football against Kilcoo to win it the way they won it. And yesterday, again, you know, it was only kick football really in it again. Like, and marvellous, marvellous advertising for the game this time of the year. You have to hand it to both sides. 
Sorry, just turn it just on that. You talked about the referee and styles. I think a huge amount of credit, uh, Mark, has to go to Paul Falloon for what he came through, you know, particularly after obviously the whole controversial, uh, you know, non appointment of the down final, the, uh, the down championship final. Like he, he had an excellent game and was Turlock said, We know Paul's style, like he lets the game flow. And that's what supporters and coaches and managers want to see, Mark. Like, surely that's the case. Yeah, look, to be fair, I thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Everybody says, it was a brilliant game, yes, but Paul Fulham had a big burn on it, being a brilliant game. And he was, I thought he refereed the game superbly. Like, and I don't think both sets of team players, managers, nothing could have said a word about Paul. He looked, everybody knows the way Paul refereed. And I thought yesterday he made the game. He, like, he contributed to make the game as good as it was. And it was actually good to see. But look, everybody knows Paul Fulham's a top class referee. And it was, there was no coincidence Paul Fulham was refereeing an Ulster club final. There was no, like, he is a top, top class referee. And look, to be fair, he done a brilliant job yesterday. Probably all, Mark, all, all, sorry, Tarlow. You're, all you're looking for is, as management and players, probably in, the, in those scenarios, is consistency. Whatever the style is, that it's it's just the same style throughout. Whether that's some, some referees might be very tight on technical things, others might let little bits and pieces go. But as long as you have the same flow for the full game, you can't really ask for any more than that, you know? Yeah, I think there's two things about one is in the step of the play. It's very close to the ball all the time. Yeah. And the other thing is when you don't notice they're free in the game, they should usually do a great job. And you know, as you say, it's the same for both sides. They're the ways of playing the rules, just go play the game and make the best team win. And that's that's what he did, you know, fair play to him. Yeah, I, I think I think another advantage Paul has, I actually coached Paul um about 13 years ago. He was a down. No, 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 hey, no, I'm I'm telling you, he was a brilliant footballer, lads. He was actually a brilliant player, Mark. You know that yourself as well. He yeah, was a brilliant footballer. Yeah, and he was, of, he, he was actually one of the most talented underage players, Turlick, in, in down, you know, at his at his age group at minor level. And I think that helps, lads, when he's played the game, he understands the game, you know. And what you said, Turlick, is right as well, Daniel. It's an interesting one from Turlick there. The conditioning levels, like he's a very, very fit lad. He can keep up because the pace of the modern game is is scary. The way teams transition now with, with such great athleticism and pace, it's it's so important. But Daniel, I know we go to you, I know you weren't happy with the level of officiating in the in the Leinster final with, with the, the Kilmacud Nace game. Obviously, Shane Walsh was the star of the show that day. Uh, I think someone in school, I think I heard this quote, uh, somebody says, like, it's it's just not fair, you know, that, that he can come in and score 1-8 one, one or something, but you you, you weren't, was it David Hickey, was it? Was was that the, the referee in the final? Yeah, it's kind of the point around the consistency, you know, it, it was sometimes a, a pull of the arm was a free, and other times a pull of the arm wasn't a free, and, and all, the, all the time, yes, fair enough, the jersey was getting pulled, but sometimes you might have a good frontal contact that wasn't necessarily a shoulder, but just a body contact that was a free, and other times, again, on the other side, the field it mightn't have been a free and it was going both ways it wasn't as if there was a specific bias but I didn't think it added to the flow of the game at all like I, I thought the game yesterday in, in, in Ulster really flowed like you didn't feel like it was being stopped unnecessarily whereas I thought the Leinster final was a bit of a hard watch like it really was and it's not as if there's a, a deficit of space in Croke Park or anything like that and I don't think either like Croke's definitely have there, there's a there would probably be cynical enough around the middle third at times and ace at times no better but there's I, I just found even watching it some some of the frees especially in scoring areas were a little bit soft either side and, and inconsistent which is probably the most irritating thing and it definitely does add to the flow of a game like because chalk and cheese like you, you probably had two four teams altogether two sets of very similarly conditioned teams probably very similarly matched teams and one game was far more exciting than the others, even than the other, and even though the score lines are the same, you know, I, it's just 
it's just a little bit of a bugbear of mine that inconsistency you know it, it kind of it, it can kind of dictate how a game looks you know yeah and Turlick you, you've obviously come up against Kilmacud this year um, you know it was it was it was probably a, a, a an expected result uh, from from the Leinster final different challenge on their hands now this is probably the, the real asset test for them and it's not going to be in Crow Park uh, there's talk that the game might be in Park Eshler here in Newry. Um, you know, I don't know if that'll suit Glenn or will it suit Kilmacud. They've been in the road already and they've won quite a bit on the road. But who do you think? Semi-final, what's your what's your take on it? I'd say this. I think that Kilmacud didn't get Brom in the, in the Leinster final. Mm. I, I think Nace would feel that they left that game behind them. Uh, there are plenty of opportunities in that game and they matched them all the way, really. Um, but they're finishing letting down, really. Um, but has that not been the pattern though, Turlick? All it has been, yeah, it has like, been. You know, RD, RD had chances, you know, uh, Fenton's crowd, Rahini had them beaten, you know, a normal, yeah, league, yeah. Like, it's it, been it, a bit it, of a pattern this year for them. It is, know? but I suppose it's their experience then again, they're, they're, they're game managing on the pitch, then they don't panic, you know, they keep to the way they want to play the game. The, yeah. the, it's amazing. Just talking about myself and Simon actually about our game with Kim McCood there, and Simon was making a point like, you know. If you tell your own players, you know, in a game where you're expected to win easily, that you're going to drop off the kickouts and let the come at you, players will question. Yet, yeah. could do that against us. They're probably expected to win that game easy. Stood off on the kickouts, gave us possession of the ball, and we're happy enough to say, "Look at come up the field. We'll take whatever you have. We'll turn you over. We'll go on, we'll, we'll go on the counter and beat you." You know, but they're very, very comfortable. That's playing it any way they want. Uh, it won't face them having to travel either if it is away. I hope. I actually hope it's in Armagh. I think that's a, the best venue in the country for club games because it's tight. Uh, the crowd are close to the pitch. Great atmosphere. A lot of these club games are being lost in the the vastness of Croke Park and yeah, yeah. grounds in Limerick and Parky Cleave. And really, you need smaller venues for these matches where you have like you know six thousand in in Armagh. Uh, great atmosphere. You had eighteen hundred in Limerick yesterday. You know, it's it's not the same atmosphere at all. Like you know, yeah. that's a huge part of the game. The whole experience for the spectators and uh, for the players as well. It really, I think, adds to the occasion. And and I think the, you know, the I think players rise to that as well. You know, yeah. Kim McCord, look, I think Kilmacud are still hot favourites for me. For yeah, and I think I think Charlie, the point you made there as well is is a problem at county level as well. A lot of soulless games played in in empty Crow Park and will yeah. it be better? You know. Louth versus Louth against Dublin in, in RD, you know, and it packed and better atmosphere close to the ground. Mark, you've obviously been on the other side of the fence. You've obviously come up against Glenn um, this year as, as club manager, the, the same way Turlick has come up against Kilmacud. Um, Glenn, they'll give Kilmacud all their fill of it. Look, they will give Kilmacud their fill of it, but I would still. Yeah, I would still just fancy Ken McCod and I don't mean like Glenn, if you look through all their forward line just isn't they're just not firing as well. And then I said Danny Tala had a, a lot better yesterday. Jack Doherty, there's no doubt Jack was carrying an injury. Mm. Jack missed a lengthy game. Connor Comrie hasn't played his last two games. They've obviously lost Jody McDermott Jody McDermott. So look, their forward line, they're just not still as fluent up front and it, it would take I still fancy Kilmacud just simply because of Paul Mannion, Shane Wald. Now, flip that on the other side. I actually think Lane is the best defence in Ireland. They're the meanest, the tightest defence. And if you like Michael Warnock, a cornerback, I think Spike is just the most underrated player in Derry. Like, if it was Mickey Hart, you'd be doing everything to get him on the panel. But it'll be fascinating to see because Lane do have the defence, but I just would worry, have playing enough 
up front. And look, we talked about midfield battle. Like, there, there's going to be serious midfield battle with Lennon's Dias. Like, Dias and Rory up again. Like, Glass and Emma Bradley. Look, you would, look there's a part of me and people, there's probably people in Slum Neil hate me saying this. Maybe though, I'd delight, I would love to see Lennon actually win that iron because I do like seeing teams that put serious effort in. It, but there's just I just think Kieran McCod have a wee bit too much now. I remember I watched Kieran McCod against the Marais RD and I thought the first half they're brilliant. And then at half time some Marais RD started kind of going at them and rolling in. And I remember I getting into the car thinking, Jesus, Kieran McCod's not just as good as I thought it was. It was only when I got home then I heard Kieran McCod only started with eight of the team that won that iron final. Now and I know what Tarlow said that day. I remember watching them again Mace that day and for twenty minutes in the second half, Kieran McCod getting the hands in the ball. Mace just mm. Mace just seemed to own the ball but couldn't score. Now everybody's talking about Lane having the point to prove, but look, Kill McCoddle have a point to prove because they did get serious stick probably with a sixteenth man. There's no doubt people saying oh, it'll be easy for Lane to motivate themselves. Mm. It's gonna be really easy for Kill McCod to motivate themselves to look, we're gonna put this to bed once and for all. But look at the minute I would just think Kill McCod will have a wee bit too much of them and no disrespect to the other semi final. Look, this is the final. Yeah, no, Kilmacud couldn't get 15 men last week, that's 16 last year against Glenn. <laughs> seen that uh, in, the, in the league. And Daniel, just, just on that, like Daniel, the, the Mark talked about, you know, obviously a point to prove last year's All Ireland win. You know, you can't take that away from anything, but there's still that little asterisk beside it, you know, with the whole shadow over, overshadowing the final, the whole 16 man thing. Do you feel that this year they have regressed or progressed, or where do you think they're at? And uh, you know, as regards. Yeah, it's it's an interesting point. They haven't really, you know, the Kilku All Ireland final definitely sticks in the cross still. That was one thrown away. Last year's one, there's no doubt, like I won't say the celebrations were tainted, but it didn't feel quite right, you know, because of kind of some of the, the media backlash that came afterwards. I think, to be honest with you, I think when they really want to get up for a game, I think they can. I look, I look at Ballyboden in the county final. Like Crokes were, I won't say they were wrote off in Dublin, but a lot of people fancied Ballyboden. They really did. And Crokes just blew them away. And Ballyboden are one of the biggest, most physical teams I've ever seen playing. Like, you know, I, I was astounded by it. And again, I'm not sure, and I nearly cost them, but I'm not sure Leinster final against Nace, a team they've beaten last year already. I'm not sure how much they were. Uh, I don't know if they were ripping for it yet. You know, I think they knew they went maybe, I think it was. Eight, eight, five, eight, eight, four up at one stage, and I think they just felt like they were in control. And as as the lad said, there was a, a ten minute period from about maybe the 37, 38 minute until about the fiftieth minute, roughly, where Nace had chances, and they just kept coughing the ball back up. And I think Croke then just chipped on a point or two, and then it was game over. You know, I think they're just saving themselves, not saving themselves, but I think it, it it'll take a big occasion to get them right up for it. Like I mean, I I, I agree. I I think you just can't take away the fact that. They have two of the best ten forwards in the country in their forward. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. how many club teams have that? I will say Glenn have the nod midfield, I would say individually, talent-wise. But Crokes' beauty is they'll have DS and they'll probably have Brian Sheehy who will give up their games and they will spoil Connor Glass and they will spoil Emmett Bradley. And they don't care if they don't touch the ball as long as those two Bradley and Glass don't touch the ball. And I think that it's like it's kind of what Harold was touching on earlier. They have no ego about them whatsoever. Like you think two All Ireland winning midfielders will want to go and spray a bit of ball and be doing their own thing. They won't give a fitters if they don't touch the ball. And I think that's I think that's where Crokes have the edge. It's 
they have all the reason and right to be an arrogant, cocky shower of footballers, but they play like anything, but they almost play like an underdog. And do you know what? There's part of me that thinks of this with the league final, they're getting a bit of stick about this as well. It all feeds into the it all feeds into the siege, like you know. But it's it's a ridiculous scenario that that there's league finals going on up here. Like there's ah. three months waiting to play a game, you know, it's it's absolutely outrageous. They they can pull their last two league games you see in, in June. If you have county players, so then you get three months waiting for games to be played. It's outrageous. Like so, look, I kind of don't blame them for not for not playing it. They'll they'll harness that little bit of hate and build the siege, as you say yourself. Well, if the Annie American Cup, they'll not care too much about a league a league in Dublin. Uh, Daniel, just quickly call it then. Just one <coughs> word: Kilmacud or Glen. Kill uh, I I do think I do think a leveler will be if it's in a in a, a provincial ground. I think that yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. It'd be absolutely class. Like, yeah. but I st- I still think Crocs will probably slip slip away. Not very much. Dorney, you're going Kilmacud? Yeah, Kilmacud. Yeah, Turlock? Kilmacud. Well, if it's in Nuri, all the wee Nordies will be outledged by the Lobby <laughs> support the Ulster team by and they'll all be cheering on the Glen. Like, so I'm going to go Glen. I'm going to go Glen. Uh, Turlock, you called Castle Haven, but that was a big call. And, you know, I was looking at a few of their stats today. They're a battle-hardened group. I think that they, they, they an average, obviously, over the course of the Cork Championship, they're... Their total winning margin, I think, was nine or ten points over the course of their four games. Like you know, and then obviously in the semi final against uh, Colin Collins's t- uh, uh, Clare champions, they went to extra time, and then the final they've gone to extra time, and they actually never led once yesterday in the whole game. Never led once, and obviously won the game in penalties. And I know penalties are a bit of a lottery, like, but there's obviously a bit of resilience in that group, like when they can through those battles and 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 can through yesterday's game as well. And and the game was played to like in shocking conditions, like oh, shocking. Yeah. yeah, look, I tell you, look, Haven are kind of a bit of a unique club, you know. One of these West Cork clubs, like they're huge, huge pride in the club, you know, um, huge loyalty to the club. Lads traveling from Cork City out there for training <laughs> two or three times a week, like it's not not an easy journey out, and. Uh, down the years, you know, they, since Larry Tampton's been back with them, it, back the years, like they've they've a great, great tradition in that club, and um, you know, I think they're I think their managers are very smart as well. Um, they played Finn Bars in the semi final. It was a real open game, and there was a shootout. One of playing that way, county final. Then Nemo played a very defensive game. They went to handle that as well, and they were panicked. Came through that, and last yesterday, yesterday I thought, you know. Putting Catalan the goal was a masterstroke. Uh, it, it worked. It worked every way. I think psychologically he was very, very good. Uh, he, I think he put some of those uh, dingle lads off under kicks, and you know he's he's his own penalty shot is phenomenal. Kicks. Phenomenal, you know. Um, so you know they're a physically strong team as well. Uh, but the arrow line on the hurlies and a lot of uh, scores of place balls, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a worry I think for them. Uh, for me, St. Bridget's have been a really, really great football team. Uh, look at it in, in, in the Connacht final, and I'd fancy them actually. You, you were at the Connacht final tournament. Yeah, I was at that. Yeah, and I, I was really impressed. With them. Really impressed with the defending. Um, and Mark talked about the defence being the best in the country at the moment, but uh, I was so impressed with St. Bridget's one-on-one defending. Um, they won every battle against Cara Finn. I mean, they got out in front. They couldn't get out in front. They got a hand to the ball. Ball in the air. They were able to win the ball in the air. Um, very good on the ball. Worked the ball up very quickly. Uh, up the field, supporting attacks, getting scores. Um, played a really, really good style of football and a very, very good mobile midfield. Really, really mobile midfield. Big men. 
Um, I think there'll be a handful for anybody. And, you know, that young lad in the corner, Bernard Carroll, is a special talent as well. Like, you know, so. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I give him every chance. Mm. And Mark, going back to Castlehaven, before we chat about Bridget, a wee bit more, Castlehaven, <laughs> obviously the conditions were were, were, were horrific. But Turlick talks about, you know, the two hurlies, like obviously pace, power. Like it's something that you associate with Cork teams. Like Cork as a football and county, like there has to be, there's something missing there. There has to be something missing for the county of such size and, you know, population. From a footballing perspective, like what, what do you see as the issue in Cork, Mark? I honestly don't know because I'm, I remember watching St. Vimbars playing Kilcoo in Port Leash yeah. a couple of years ago and just thinking there would be 10, 10 or 11 boys be six foot, yeah. big athletic footballers. And I, I remember just coming home in Port Leash thinking about down just our own county and was going, if Sean Ogan Jack Devaney could get our finest women on a bus, maybe send them down to Cork and maybe let them do the deed for the night, maybe in. 15 or 20 years time when maybe have 10, 6 footers but look, that's different. <laughs> Pause the they wouldn't pay for the bus, that's the problem. Well look, the, the thing is, you're saying, I actually don't know, they, I think they're the biggest underachievers of county football for this, like you look at Castlehaven, even St. Vimbars, Nemo Rangers, yeah. like in this Castlehaven, got over the line yesterday, and the two Hurleys, like the, and even Mark, like Mark Collins, I think it's playing left half back, the Castlehaven, yeah, Rory McGuire, full back, like yeah. that, they are littered, and if you go even through court club football, like there's some massive club, big athletic footballers now. I do think John Cleary is starting to do a bit of a job with them, even though Clare beat them. I'll just get that in Clare beat them in the Monster Championship last year. But look, they are going the right way. But look, Cork should be a Division One thing. Cork should be looking, like Cork should be challenging Clare every year with yeah. the pick they have, the clubs they have. And I actually don't know what's around now. Like if Kevin Walsh down there last year, as coach, and look, maybe they'll build in again next year. But look, Cork really should be a top four, top five team in Ireland. But for some reason, I don't know why they're not. That's like, and if you look at the, if you look at their individual players, Brian Hurley, Steve Sherlock, and by Sean Powder, Naughty Taylor, mm. like there's some exceptional players who would walk on to any team. Maybe it's just not, it maybe doesn't mean enough to them. Are they uh, United? I don't know. Like, it's very hard to put your finger on it, but they definitely have serious, serious talent. Yeah, and, and what's your what's your view, Ledge, on the on the way the game was finished yesterday? Like, it, obviously, obviously the game has to finish in some capacity. But when you look at the break between now and the All Ireland semi final in early January, like surely maybe a replay would it have been a fair enough sort uh, of you know? Or yeah, I, I I don't th- I don't think so. I think look, it's in the rules, it's there, and I just like as a player, I want to get that done. That's that's, yeah, the, that's I'm true looking true. at it. I have a Christmas dinner and a few... You're thinking the night out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One way he's, or the other. He's I thinking think of the Monday booked off work, don't he? I, I, saw, <laughs> I, I saw a few Instagrams from you and you know, all there this evening and it looks fairly loose, so I'd say they're happy enough to get it played. But look, I, I think, look, it's there. Get, get it done. I, I, the, the, the Cork issue is interesting. Like, I, I have wonder, again, like the size of Cork geographically. You know, you've got lads that are from... They could be from the border of Waterford to going over to the border of Kerry. And is that connection there amongst the group? Like, you know, and you might have one fella yeah. from a junior club and he might be the only player for an hour and a half around he's traveling yeah. to training on his own it's just interesting like even with us with ourselves in Carlo, like most lads that all know each other you could have had five or six traveling from dublin connection there every night i just wonder is that disconnect there somewhere i'm not sure look, maybe i'm only playing this nice stuff but hurling i think hurling is a big factor in it you know it's really it is a yeah. hurling community first and foremost yeah. that is it and 
there's a thing with Harding counties, lads. There's a snobbery with Harding. I don't care what you say. And they do, they do look down on football. And it is such a big county. You leave Castle and Bear and you're only halfway to Dublin when you hit the Cork border. That's how big it is, you know. It's, uh, it's like a split then between the city and West Cork. Um, they're like two different counties. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to put it together. Um, they've, they've struggled over the years and, you know, obviously come against very strong carry teams down down over the years too. And mm. they got some big beatings and every time that happens, it's, a, it's a nail in the coffin of Cork football. You know, we'll, we'll follow the hurlers instead and um, they need to get a run run of success, I think. And, and they, they, could, they, they could certainly put you know, a, a really, really competitive county team together. There's no doubt about that. Well, this is this is the second time in three years, Mark, that obviously a Cork team has come out of the, the, the Munster Championship, you know, so there is there is obviously something there, as you talked about St. Finbars, but I think this is probably their best opportunity to get to an All-Ireland final. You know, they're playing St. Bridges now. St. Bridges, as Turlick said, are still a very, very good side. Obviously, the Roscommon captain from last year, Brian Stack, is, is obviously leading them. You know, Brian's a great defender. I know he had picked up an injury, but he made the final. And I think Turlick had a really good game in the final, by all accounts. I didn't see the final. Uh, but but I listened to uh, Brian's interview after it, Mark, and it was very refreshing to hear him say, we back ourselves defending. You know, we're confident in our 1v1 ability to, t- to take a forward on. And I just thought to myself, that's so refreshing to hear a defender speak with such confidence because the way teams play now, Mark, the art of that one-to-one individual defending has probably slipped out of the game a wee bit. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, it probably has. Look, but I'm saying that I'm just, I hate going back to, I go back to art of the game yesterday. Like, there was, in the first 20 minutes especially, there was 1v1 battles all over the field. It was probably just, and it was, it was actually shocked. I was actually surprised. But you're right, it has went out of the game. And look, it might never come back into the game again. But look, it is right. And you said, Brian, it was refreshing to defend their look coming. Yes, we backed ourselves one day one. And I remember, I always remember, it was years ago, I remember Pete McGrath and I just went on a down squad, only arrived into a young fella. And Pete was except just about, you're on a down team, but you need, if you're a defender, you win your 1v1 battle. Your number one job is, you win your one we one v one battles and look as you see now probably it, it isn't like that but look yesterday there was examples it wasn't like that and as you said Brian Stack it was refreshing for somebody to actually come out and say that a fan and it just shows the confidence he has but yeah Castle Heat we're going back to court you probably look they probably have a chance of getting to the final mm-hmm. and I think we're, we're just referring back to the county like, I think there's no underage team no underage county has been more successful in winning an iron between Mainer and under twenty ones or under twenties is court. So whatever happens when they win them, they drop off. But look, it'll be look Castle Haven have fancier chances and Bridges have fancier chances. I think I would just side with some Bridges. I know Colin Collins was devastated. He felt cracked low, should have beat Castle Haven. But look, mm-hmm. Castle Haven's got to be a bit of luck. They can through two extra 10 games and won the both of them. So that's it does serious from, you know, the morale, confidence yeah. and everything. You can't underestimate that, Daniel. Coming through real, real tight encounters like that, like it, it leaves you very battle hardened, doesn't it? And I suppose, you know, some bridges obviously will fancy themselves as as being able to shut down the likes of the Hurleys. You know, will Castlehaven get enough scores? They haven't been high scoring, Daniel, the whole way through the competition. And Turlock talks about Ben O'Carroll. I personally think Ben O'Carroll is one of the one of the best underage forwards I've seen now in the last few years. He had a brilliant season for us, Common as well. He led up Division One on on many an occasion, and they've got a bit of experience there too. Some bridges like they beat a good core of Finn team. Eddie Nolan obviously in around the middle of the field. Big Eddie's been playing away for us, Common too as well. Uh, you know, you prefer a bit of experience, but they also have tradition as a club too, Daniel. Like, and and who who do you what way do you see that semi final going? Yeah, it's, it's just 
just thinking there and Brian Stack was saying man-to-man defending he'll get hardly he'll get his opportunities for scores in semi-final it's saying if, if he can manage a fair play to him but look I I, I don't know I I think there's a lot to be said for where Kaslevna came from through those battles and especially with the break now. Like, you you don't know how a team will react over. It's a really awkward period of time, I assume. Never, never had the luxury of trying to prepare for an All-Ireland or semi-final in January. But it'll be, it's an awkward period and it probably depends on who kind of uses their time best, you know. Definitely Bridges probably have the path less worn and they're, and they're little bit more energy about them but would they want would they want the semi-final next week they probably would because I'd say they're in a, a really good positive place Castlehaven if there's another match next week I'd say it'd be game over stuff because they have been through the mill you know so um, like I would still kind of side with Castlehaven to be honest with you I, I think I think they're a decent side I actually thought Dingle would pip them but in the end they, they showed a real bit of resilience and at January football resilience counts for an awful lot like you know it'll be a cracking game I'd say I, I still agree the other game is probably yeah. the, the final but I think you could be in for an absolute ding dong of a game um, but yeah I'd say I'd say Castle Evan they have some quality quality footballers like spined by a, some of the main lads for Cork like you know so I, I'd probably give it to them just on a nod Tarlick mm. No, I'd, I'd go for Bridges. I think it's going to be an open game. If it's an open game, it'll suit Bridges, I think. Um, I think I think uh, a lot of the Haven players are, you know, they're getting on a bit too, you know. Mark Collins is probably 35 or that, is he? Uh, hey, 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 that's not getting on now. Hey. <laughs> this time of the year, uh, the Harleys are inclined to get injured too. But, you know, they're, they were pulled, they were, I know it was cramped yesterday, but they're notorious for hamstring injuries, the pair of them. And, uh, I just think that the freshness of Bridget's will be a big factor. Um, I think I think it'd be I think it'd be an open open high could be a high scoring game. It's a to be honest with you. Yeah, Tony, when when did you see did you see Tony Daniels face there when Turlock was talking about one 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 v one defending? Because when when Turlock was Carlo manager, oh, don't talk play, to me. He had to play three sweepers to protect Ledger. <laughs> you you weren't you weren't in Port Leash. What year was it, Turlock? Two thousand. Fifteen when we played loud, Jesus Christ! Up myself and Kieran Nolder in the full back line, and I'd say the the the, the twenty one to the far twenty one was free. It was always glorious space. Connor Grimes, what's your man's name? We fucking get, we nearly gave an all star little corner. <laughs> over, wasn't it? Yeah, oh my god! I went home that George, night. Judge, all the depression. I can't three, remember. Three twenty two. I think they scored that night, didn't it? Jesus Christ! I nearly, I nearly didn't come out. I swear to God, it was off. Oh, anyway, look, another day, another daughter. <laughs> Tony, what's your call for the semi-final then? Look, I would say just St. Bridget's. I do think, look, to be fair, yes, Castle's here and they have a lot of good players, but look, I just think St. Bridget's fresher and I do think they really, really focus. I think there's a final here for us to go after and I just, I would just give me just Cast or St. Bridget's just by the bare minimum. Yeah, lads, I'm going to finish a wee bit of a novel thing. You see the Christmas tree in the background, so I'm in a, I'm in a festive mood here, you know. I might even have maybe a wee bit of mulled wine or something here when this is over, but I'll finish off. I'm going to put you in the spot now. I'll give you, a, give you a wee bit of thinking time, right? To finish the show off, we'll obviously not have you back on again until until we're, we're previewing the All-Ireland Final. Highlight of the year, turn like 2023. What was your what was your highlight of the year in, in Gaelic football? Anything that really oh, stood out for you? Simple one. You're all going to the championship. <sighs> Aerog winning the Carroll Championship. Is that is that what you're going for? Is it? Absolutely. What about what about, what about the what about the county level? Any any standout any standout memories in the county football this year? Actually, I look, I I thought them were fantastic. I thought were fantastic when they finished the year. Were just incredible. That were brilliant. That were brilliant. Uh, you know, for a team that's yeah. been around for so long and 
re re restructure themselves, re re you know re re energize their team with new players and they're back again like on top of it. I think they've been fantastic. Uh, they they'd be the highlight for me. Yeah, yeah. Mark, highlight of the year. Highlight of the year. Uh, I would have to say, look, and I'm I'm being biased again just because I was involved. The day player beat Cork. And Ennis, yeah. just because I think it was 68 years since beating in the championship, and not that I was there, but I just remember seeing the pure emotion. I remember yeah. looking over at Colin Collins, and he was crying. And you know, when you're not really, I was people going mental around you, and I was going, I'm not really, not that you're still have a bit of a connection, but you just seen how much it meant to people. And I always remember that day. I was, I was really, I was, that's a moment I remember now, to be fair. I'm going to pick two. I thought the Derry and Kerry game in Crow Park. Was brilliant. I remember going to Crow Park thinking, Derry's going to park the bus here and this is going to be a, and yeah. it was completely the other way. So, look, they were probably too. And club football yesterday, I was delighted. I was in Armagh yesterday just for the atmosphere. Yeah. Here, I'll give you three. Give I was going to say, be fair, St. Joe's winning yesterday was, or St. Joe's winning during the week now. School will go to school. That's my favorite. Folks, <laughs> they don't ruin my moment. Did, 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 they win? did they win? I haven't seen it anywhere. Did they win? Oh, they win, but <laughs> Stevie, <laughs> Stevie, you know, Stevie, Stevie was booked in that game. You know, I, I, after three and a half minutes, may I add, yeah. Three and a half minutes. The crack was, it was a mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity. Vinny, Vinny Jones still holds the record two minutes late. But Ledge, what about the, uh, what about yourself? What was your highlight of the year? Um, I tell you who I've been enjoying watching, and it's not necessarily for their control or anything like that, but it's Arma in general. I think you, you get your value every time you see them. And the Mona and Arma game, penalties in Crow Park, like it wasn't the greatest game of all time, but I love Monaghan's revival that day. They're on their last legs, kind of. Conor McManus looked like a fifty-two-year-old floating around by the end of the day and nailed two penalties in the end. Like I thought that was, I thought that was absolutely top class from the from the county side of it. And and I kind of mentioned this in the podcast previously. Just on the club end, I love that there's little rivalry starting to pop up in the club game that probably weren't there before. You can see little almost inter-county rivalries filtering down to the club game. You know, I think that's brilliant. And the kind of the 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 Kilcoo Glen kind of rivalry in the north and. Crokes and everyone else, I suppose. But it's um, yeah, that that's our man Monaghan game. I thought was class. Yeah, very good. No, for me, I I would go the Ulster final. Um, I thought the Ulster final, you know. The whole Rory Gallagher thing was hanging over it, and you know you had Derry against Armagh and the, the excitement, and then McFall coming back and scoring the winning penalty, and there was so many little sub stories to that game, you know, and and the colour of Clonus Dorney, you've played there, you've been involved in all the finals there, Turlock, you've been there as well, Ed, you've probably been there yourself. Like people talk about the Munster hurling final, but when there's a full house in Clonus at an Ulster final football final, like is there's something about it, lads? There is something about it, you know, the colour and the atmosphere, and if you go to Clonus on any other day of the year, there's nobody in it, and every every show and every pub's closed. No, Stevie, we, we played a minor league game there in 2007 and there must have been four people there, I'd say, and yeah. it was the most intimidating place. There's big slabs of concrete and Jesus, it was yeah. depressing. It was in February yeah. and Christ above. Yeah. But, you wouldn't but, have long uh, but Donny, Donny, you mentioned the schools win last week. I have to finish that now. That that was the highlight of the year for me now. Um, it was a great win for us. Uh, you know, in Nuri School, as you know, Donny, it's not mourn. So you're, you're, you're selling GA as a product and that's maybe not the number one sport in the area. But look, fantastic for the school. Uh, great, great for the lads as well. The young boys were, were in, on cloud nine and still are. And and hopefully it'll inspire many, many more uh, young boys in the school to play Gaelic games, you know. Uh, Stevie, from, from a coach's point of view, just to turn the podcast around here and I'll go interview for a second. What was it like stepping back and letting Kevin McClory kind of take over the whole team? Was that was that a tough was that a tough pill to swallow? Or <laughs> I thought it was good. It was good because it showed me 
it showed me it showed me lads that I'm, I'm a very good manager it showed me I'm a very good manager you know and, and, and Kevin Kevin's a good coach you know fair play to him for doing all those six o'clock in the morning sessions but here Hi, here I'll tell you. I, I can tell you a few stories. I was the first man there. Let me tell you, the first man there. Ah, uh, listen, there were there were there were there were good days, good days. But look, population of hundred thousand people in Newry, and I think Mark, you were in the team that produced the last man. I think Damien Rafferty was the last player from Newry to play for down. You know, that was thirteen years ago, and that has to change. That stat has yeah. to change. You know, hundred thousand people in Newry. Hundred thousand yeah. people. In Newry. Yeah, thirteen years. Wow. 100,000 people in the rain morning, yeah, yeah. That stat has to change, lads, and it will. I think it will with a few really, really talented young footballers coming through. We like and Lynch, the captain there, is it Stanley's the down minor pal at the minute, and he's as good a young footballer, you know, with drive and desire and everything. Comes from good stock as well. So please, God, we'll see some some of these young lads coming through. But listen, lads, thanks very much. Absolutely brilliant to have your time, your expertise, your views. Wish you all a happy Christmas. I know, Turlick, you'll be sitting with a glass of mull wine with looking at the Carlo Championship. Many's that? You have won now, just to rub it in the ledger there. Many's that? Sitting on the burst. Sitting on the burst. <laughs> no battle for me, unfortunately. Dorney, <laughs> no. all, all the best, Dorney, in the new year with your new role. I see the first league game, Spicy, home to down. Will you be a half and half, Scarf? Uh, I might need me there that day. I'm still at home. <laughs> and Ledge back with St Sylvester's yeah 2024 ah sure we get going there before championship at some stage yeah good man I hear I hear he's been training since Halloween by fair play he's <laughs> yeah listen lads thanks a million thanks a million and we'll chat you all soon have a happy Christmas and a happy new year have a good Christmas, Christmas. Christmas. Right. good yeah. lads yeah. 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 Yeah.